Think Again with Borderlands Cooperative. Join us for critical conversations about things that matter. Every Friday at 10am on 3CR Community Radio. 855am on your dial. And on 3CR Digital and streaming live at 3cr.org.au. So together, let's think again about important matters affecting us, like economics, politics, education, health, climate, and what we can do about it all. Welcome to Think Again, presented to you by Borderlands Cooperative, an organisation that has been dedicated to social change for over 20 years. I'm Jacques Boulet. And I'm Jennifer Burrell. Today we're talking about the narcissism epidemic. For the last two programs, we've been looking at psychopathic or sociopathic behaviour and how this has been cultivated and rewarded. We've been exploring how our present-day culture, social processes and aspirations are creating and rewarding sociopathic behaviour. Central characteristics of sociopathy are a lack of empathy or an absence of fellow feeling, cool manipulation of others for one's own ends, lack of remorse or guilt in the face of damage or insult meted out to others, and in general, narcissism, exclusive self-love and self-centeredness. And we've been looking at how people with these characteristics seem to be rising in in positions of power, notably in government, certainly in large corporations, and especially in top and increasingly in middle management. We're especially alarmed to see people with these sociopathic characteristics increasingly taking prime management positions in the social and community services sector and in the voluntary sector. But it isn't confined to these areas, of course. Mm. So just to clarify our terms a little bit, in the latest psychiatrist manual of psychiatric disorders, often referred to by its acronym, the DSM, Sociopathy is referred to as a personality disorder, specifically an antisocial personality disorder. The manual also includes a narcissistic personality disorder. So these two disorders cluster and overlap and share a lot of the same characteristics. So today we're going to focus more on narcissism and talk about how, as a disorder, it is the perfect fit for the current version of capitalism. Narcissism is exactly the behavioural and attitudinal way required for for operatives and agents involved in muscular, individualist capitalism. So it is no accident that it is so much on the rise. Again, we refer to Anne Mann's great book about this, The Life of I. Mm, So to be diagnosed with narcissistic personality disorder, five or more of certain characteristics need to be present. These include, in short, a grandiose sense of self-importance, a belief that one is unique or special and should associate with other special high-status people or institutions, a sense of entitlement with unreasonable expectations of especially favourable treatment, taking advantage of others to achieve one's own ends, and, again, a lack of empathy for other people or unwillingness to recognise or identify with the feelings or needs of others. And I'm sure everyone's brains are ticking over at this point because everyone will be thinking of people they know. And probably everyone has also uh, needed to do an interview for a job where we need to brag about ourselves. Mm -hmm. 
Perhaps it takes a monstrous society to cultivate and reward a multitude of such monsters and at the same time create depressions and all manner of other psychological distress, anger, violent reactions for those who seem unable to achieve the promised benefits of their sociopathic behaviour and attitudes. Mm-hmm. Anne Mann explores some of the current roots of rampant narcissism. Two things stand out that she talks about. One is insecure attachment to parents, elders, siblings, etc., from early on in life. So insecure attachment alongside filling children with grandiose ideas of their own worth as individuals. I have been reading up a little bit on the probable origins of narcissism, and here the 2010 book, The Narcissistic Epidemic, Living in the Age of Entitlement, by Jean Twenge mm. and Keith Campbell. And what a is great title. Illustrative. Yeah, yeah, what a great title exactly. too. The Narcissistic Epidemic, mm-hmm. Living in the Age of Entitlement. That's right. The book created a real storm of controversy in the US and elsewhere, including Australia. But its findings and suggestions are now widely accepted, also by Anne Mann, by the way. In a very useful timeline of the evolution of the narcissistic culture, they locate the origins of narcissistic, of the emerging narcissistic culture around the 60s. It's interesting because the 60s is still remembered by many of us uh, as being particularly focused on collective action, collective movements, protests and all of that everywhere, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, But at the same time, there was also, seemingly paradoxically, a growing focus on individualized human rights. That was translated 10 years later or so in the self-esteem movement, which were really institutionalized by law in several United States states, where, for example, it became a law, a regulation that schools needed to create self-esteem with kids. And it 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 was a duty. Was that schools. really enshrined in regulation? Totally. And laws? Yes, it was. Yeah, in about seven or eight United States state individual states, mm-hmm. and it had a lasting effect on schools and other educational and socialization institutions and processes. It was heavily promoted in parenting courses and guides in all professional courses leading to any area of care and socialization, uh, reaching incredible impacts from the late seventies into the early to mid-80s, and I lived in the States, so I am a sort of a, a live witness. Mm-hmm. And I do remember the self-esteem child-rearing courses in Tot- the 90s from raising my own child. Uh, absolutely. Who has not heard the exclamations by educators, parents, commentators about how special each child is, how unique, and the warning about not damaging the tender feelings of the growing up young person. The right of the child as an individual was obviously pitted against the rights of family and and parents, the rights and the duties of the educational and the care and welfare institutions and their practitioners, creating a rather desperate struggle for relevance and authority and legitimacy with which those of us, baby boomers and Generation Xs, will still vividly remember. Arriving in Australia in the mid-80s, I vividly remember in the welfare area, because I was at that stage teaching, uh, the fight and the, the reconsideration of the welfare legislation, the Carney Report, for example, where uh, the, the rights of the uh, social workers in their agencies was heavily legally criticised and, and antagonised, really, in courts and all of that, by giving back the rights to the parents as well 
wireless to the kids. So it's an interesting period. Uh, probably it went on till the mid-90s, if not the end-90s. So that coincided, would you say, with a move from collective rights yes. as, a, as a collective idea to individual rights? A- absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. Okay, and... Um, I guess then alongside that there's been the withdrawal of support for mm-hmm. collective responsibility yep. for child rearing. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Or community or whatever whatever collective body there is. So in, in contrast with this self-esteem movement, therefore, and looking at the products of all the cutesy things that we need to say and do and say when we deal with kids, unmanned examines US and UK data showing simultaneous declines in empathy among students over several decades, along with declines in secure attachment. So it's quite interesting that these two things happen at the same time. On that note, we'll turn to Kucha Edwards, Feel Your Pain, which is really about empathy, and probably our leader should listen to him.
We know you love our 3CR Radical Radio t-shirts and so do we. They're 100% cotton and Australian made and you can get one for just $30. They come in black, dark grey and a cool light grey. To nab one of these beauties, drop into the station at 21 Smith Street or order by phoning 94198377 or you can visit us online at 3cr.org.au forward slash shop. Come on, you know you want one. You're listening to Think Again, 3CR 855 AM on your dial. 3CR digital and streaming live at 3cr.org.au. Today we're talking about the current narcissism epidemic. Just to continue a bit with the story, and already by the end of the 1970s, books were written about the new crisis of narcissism. Uh, And we will have them on the podcast eventually. We also had the associated terminology, a new terminology popping up, yuppie, which mm-hmm. was the combination of alternative and postmodern culture, which came along with the onset of the greed is good ideology of economic rationalism or neoliberalism from the mid to end 70s. So to then spread worldwide. So we have seen this culture of narcissism coming for a few decades now, but we are now really witnessing a real ramping up in everyday life, but also in top and mid management, as we have been saying, alongside all these historical and contextual events and processes leading to the epidemic, we should add the rise of globalism and the invasion of all things electronic and the social media in our personal Mm. lives. Yes, and as the rise in narcissism continues, seemingly unabated, Anne-Man asks if we're developing through one social plank after another, incrementally, a new social ecology that is inhospitable to child-rearing. In contrast to the expected cute language, as I mentioned before, with which educators and elders are supposed to address the growing child, we have the demonization of women on single-parent pensions, forcing them onto New Start programs where, when their child turns eight, the dominant discourse being that they are not really working when they are raising and nurturing children. Mm. Look also at the paltry wages given to the early childhood teachers and carers and the lack of support provided for this work through our shared revenue. Yeah, yes, which all seems to very much support Anne Man's idea that we're developing a new social ecology that's inhospitable to child rearing. And also look at the empathy deficit, which characterizes both narcissism and sociopathy. We have the rather shocking feature of our conservative politicians using the same te- terminology of entitlement to condemn welfare recipients and postulating that they should be reminded that mutual obligation expects them to try and live on sub-poverty pensions and unemployment benefits. And they are sub-poverty. Totally. And accusing anyone who dares to question the merits of this system, like the two of us here, as being politically correct and therefore unrealistic, socialist and that and suggesting that those who question the assumed merits legitimating their rather substantial incomes of our politicians and and the other power holders and their other entitlements, they call that, of course, envy and divisive. What a singular mess we are witnessing Mm. here. Yeah, strangely enough, while we've been talking about the federal government's serious empathy deficit, we recently learned 
Through the papers, it paid $190,000 to an empathy consultant <laughs> to advise how best to show they care about drought-stricken families. Gosh. So on the surface, there seems to be some, you'd think there's some recognition that they're lacking empathy, but um, I, I believe it doesn't so much signal self-insight. I would certainly agree. Or, or, or an attempt to make improvements, but it really signals a sociopathic approach, mm-hmm. that empathy is something you can outsource commercially to mm. others for instrumental yeah. ends. Yes, and so they need to be funded. And it's so it's truly mind-boggling. And in the midst of all this, there's Anne Mann bravely arguing that our current society is, and backed by research, less empathetic, more ruthless, colder, less mm. kind, mm. more competitive. It sees people as winners or losers. And, of course, people who are at the bottom of the heap don't deserve proper new start mm. payments mm. because mm. they're, in inverted commas, seen as losers and unworthy. Um, is impatient, if not hostile, to the display of dependency needs. So she's arguing that current society is hostile to the display of dependency needs, Mm. not just in children, but anyone vulnerable. Exactly. She argues that our current society is attracted to economic and personal ideas of self-sufficiency and independence, as if we're not... Mm-hmm. essentially interdependent exactly. anyway as human mm-hmm. beings mm-hmm. and and dismissive of attachment needs. And as we already suggested before, this would seem to describe the perfect valueless corollary, corollary, corollary of neoliberalism and muscular capitalism. It would seem to support the lie of meritocracy, so enthusiastically supported by RPM Scott Morrison when he says that we want that he wants to give a go to those who have a go. Remember that one, don't you? Uh, While he also says he and his government are not about unfunded empathy. Of course, the empathy Scomo possibly dispenses at his home and to his kids and in his fundamentalist church is, of course, very well funded. Mm -hmm. Yeah, of course, this implies that people like himself who are at the top of the heap and getting half a million dollars a year um, have more merit and deserve to be there, which, of course, many would dispute. But I think the other thing that Mm. they forget in their arrogance is that they're actually funded by the Australian taxpayer. Totally, totally. At the same time, um, it implies that all the people struggling on Newstart deserve to be struggling because they aren't in paid employment, haven't put in the hard yards, haven't made the right connections, even though recent research shows that there is only one job vacancy in Australia for every five people looking for work, no matter how mm. hard they're mm. looking for work. Exactly. We don't seem to have moved really from the 1800s and that old idea of the undeserving poor, which Charles Dickens used to mm-hmm. critique. Exactly. Yep. In 2016, 3CR published a book to celebrate the station's 40th birthday. Years in the making, Radical Radio, celebrating 40 years of 3CR, is a visually stunning account of the people and ideas that make up this dynamic station. At 300 pages, the book includes hundreds of images and over 50 features on programs, people, music and technology from across the decades. 3CR's Radical Radio book. You're listening to Think Again, 3CR 855 AM on your dial. 
3CR Digital and streaming live at 3cr.org.au. Today, Shark and I are talking about the narcissism epidemic. And just wondering how this plays out in different parts of our society. Of course, the idea of winning at all cost as a value in itself becomes hypercharged in sport. Sport is already about winning and losing, but there has also been a tradition of sportsmanship and fair play as a form of civility and mutual respect. Remember the term, it's just not cricket. That's you, that used to mean it's not mm-hmm. fair. But since the sandpipe paper cheating scandal last year, I guess the term will probably be used less and less. Yeah, more inspiring is the story of the Australian Olympic runner John Landy, of course. Mm-hmm. For those who don't mm-hmm. know it, in 1956, at the Australian National Championships, which I think was also a qualifier mm. for the Olympics, yep. Landy stopped to check on a competitor who had fallen over. He actually ran back. His competitor got back on his feet, but Landy ended up winning the race, even though he couldn't have known that. But who could forget how he put helping someone else before winning the race? And as we already mentioned last time, and Mann, in contrast, dedicates an entire chapter of The Life of I to Lance Armstrong, a classic narcissist. His win-at-all-cost take no prisoners approach propelled his career in both drug cheating and winning these two things were joined from the start of his career mm. and most recently we've seen the racing scandal here in victoria with trainers injecting racehorses with the banned blood booster mm-hmm. epo yeah. which mm. seems to be the same banned substance used by lance armstrong and his teammates mm-hmm. So searching for a cure, in inverted commas, is of course rather difficult in a culture where so many elements support the importance of the Mm -hmm. me Mm -hmm. or the what about me, as Paul Verhager has titled his book, which we mentioned last week. So in a chapter called, this is a great heading, Parenting, Mm. Raising Royalty, Twenge and Campbell suggest that it's important to rethink the role of the nuclear family as a collective undertaking in which children also have responsibilities mm-hmm. and tasks which need to be performed so that the group may better live. They also suggest that it's crucial to address the celebrity mm-hmm. culture mm-hmm. and the transmission of narcissism via the media, especially the almost violent intrusion of social media and of selfies into our personal lives, into our everyday personal lives mm-hmm, mm-hmm. under the guise of being a connection and social medium. They also have a chapter on the quest for attention and the incredible growth of the need for positive feedback. We talk about the likes in uh, Facebook, followership, following people who call themselves influencers. And interestingly, they also mention the incessant advertising push towards the suggestion that we all deserve the best. Yes. Um, Remember the phrase, because I'm worth it. Yes. And this is all supported by easy credit and by what the two authors call the repeal of the reality principle, (laughs) by creating a virtual space in which seemingly all dreams can happen. To conclude, neither of the authors authors we have referred to are optimistic about the possibilities to get out of the dominance of narcissism and the system that maintains it. 
whilst therapy seems to be okay for those who fall into the extremes of the narcissistic pathology, we can only address the systemic nature of this disease by social measures and approaches. And here it would be good to actually refer, and I read to you a, a uh, paragraph from Tyson Yunkaporta's book, very important book, Sand Talk, which just appeared a couple of months ago. Uh, and, and that's about indigenous knowledge and what we can learn yep. from indigenous cultures and what we should for sustainability. Learn. Yep. He writes, page 102, Narcissism isn't incurable, though. Survivors of this plague emerge without any memory of who they really are, needing to support to begin again and uh, relearn the nature of their existence, their purpose for being here. They are like children, and leaving them to their own devices at this stage is not advisable. Entire cultures and populations recovering from this plague have been left like orphaned children, with no memories of who they are, mm. longing for a pattern they know is there but can't see. Mm. They grow up eventually, but it takes a long time if they have no assistance. There are so many adolescent cultures in the world right now reaching for the stars without really knowing what they are. Mm. It makes me also think about our first program mm -hmm. and the loneliness epidemic. Yep, totally. So yep. That's, that's the irony. Mm -hmm. People are lonely. Mm -hmm. We need to create, this, therefore, alternative spaces where we can together relearn the capabilities to relate with one another for the well-being of all and for the collective entities we are part of communities, families, and neighborhoods, and without which we could not even think of surviving. And that obviously includes also our relating with our environment, mm -hmm. the community to which we as a species belong. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.